Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. It's mentally yours for Melon and Yvette. A focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette and this week I'm chatting to Hugo Monnier. He's a former England and Harlequins rugby player and now he's a top sports commentator. We're going to be chatting about all things rugby, lockdown and being there for your mates through difficult times. Could you tell me first of all how um, the lockdown and the pandemic has affected the rugby community? I think they found it quite difficult. Um, you know, I kind of sit on both sides of the fence, really, um, being an ex-player and understanding um, how much you rely upon a team and how the team can make you feel and doing something that you absolutely love and kind of moved away from it, but not having moved too far, working in punditry. Um, I think initially for myself personally, I really struggled the first couple of weeks. Um, as humans, we don't like change. We love resisting change. And I felt at times, especially that opening fortnight, because it was so clinical, it was all of a sudden the world was shut down. Uh, and a big part of my world is my work. It's a passion. It's a drive. I, I love what I do. And having that taken away from you, I, f- I felt like I was trying to battle coronavirus on my own um, because I didn't want to accept the change. 
And so that took a couple of weeks, um, just settling into like a new rhythm of life. Um, and probably the first couple of weeks, it felt like, to be perfectly honest, a life without much purpose. And that's probably quite sad because I've got two kids. But I think I put so much of a big emphasis on my work and how it makes me feel and everything like that. And for the players alike, um, they're conditioned to structure and timetables and being in control. Every professional sportsman or woman talks about controlling the controllables and we're not great at controlling the uncontrollable. So having that kind of support network taken away from you, I think people, yeah, you, you just struggle to find a new beat, a new rhythm. But but all in all, I kind of reflect on it now and I think it's, it's been, a, it's been a great time for myself. I've got two young girls. Uh, my first daughter's three and a half, and I had two weeks off and went back to work, and I thought that was that was normal, um, but it's not really. Um, so I spent the best part of five, six months uh, with my youngest daughter, who's nine months, Ruby, and it was brilliant. And I could see the fruits of putting that time and effort um, into, a, into that relationship. She's a My wife says she's a real daddy's girl now, which... Which annoys her, considering what she went through. But um, but yeah, I guess my reflections of it are very different to perhaps how I felt uh, in the early parts of it. Yeah, I can relate to so much about what you were saying about sort of the feelings of frustration and sort of powerlessness. But it, it does sound like you've really had some positives from it, and it's kind of really helped you yeah. grow. Has it given you a really different sort of perspective on life and where you want your career to go next? Hundred um, percent. I loved I loved being a full-time dad at home. I loved it. Um, I, I loved just spending times with my kids. I'd never been as involved as what I had been this year. It was brilliant. Um, my relationship with my wife blossomed even more so. I think as parents, you often just, you're, you're, you, every, every thought is about the kids first, and rightly so. But we're spending that extra bit of time together and just being present uh, and actually like mentally being present in the moment. I felt uh, pre-COVID, even when I was at home and I was present mentally, I was probably thinking about what I was doing next, uh, work-wise, pre- preparing for games, fixtures, analysis and everything else. So it really like consumed me and I, I quite like being consumed by it because I love it. Um, so I guess the perspective that I gathered or gained was whatever's going to take me away from being at home my kids has got to be worth it and give me an extra purpose in the things that I do and I now only really want to put my energy work and pleasure into things that are are quite meaningful Um, I've already mentioned like my my job I, I absolutely love it and if I'm going to go to work I want to be really good at it and it's probably given me a bit of room and time to calculate and forge new plans um, outside of well kind of sitting on the periphery of the game but but also helping the game so just thinking about like higher purpose things uh, where you can truly make a difference yeah absolutely that sounds really great and sounds like you've really thought a lot about um, the importance of kind of working out yeah what's really important to you and you know maybe saying no to more things yeah um yeah, it, it's tough, and I think workaholics probably fair reflection, and that's not me saying I work harder than anyone else. But I think when you're really passionate about the job that you do, um, uh, for me personally, it's really important for me to fully indulge myself in almost every part, and perhaps I do that 
too often. Um, so yeah, it is trying to get a balance. Um, I think balance in, in life in general is, is really important. And sometimes it takes major events or consequences to reevaluate um, where you are. You know, it's trying to get that kind of internal spirit level and make sure that everything's um, everything is balanced. Um, and I, I still work really hard now and I love working really hard, but I guess it's probably just a greater purpose, um, which is driving everything that I'm doing right now. Mm, absolutely. Um, so you've spoken out before about sort of challenges you've had on social media and also difficulties around mental health stuff. I was wondering really if you feel like there's still a lot of stigma in the rugby community or if it's sort of more supportive than it was in the past. What's the sort of feeling at the moment, especially over lockdown and the pandemic? The Dolls most definitely um, moved along and I think people are most definitely um, more open to having conversations and probably understanding that there's a real strength in being vulnerable. Um, that's not to say that the issues, um, um, the issue's gone. Um, I think with mental health, it's one of those things you can probably never do enough. Um, you, you just can't do enough, but that shouldn't deter you from doing something. Um, whether it's just checking in with people, I, I loved just ringing people without any real sense of purpose. But just, are you okay? Like, how how is it? And it's often not the first though. Are you okay? It's the second one. Uh, the amount of <laughs> the amount of parents I spoke to who are like trying to work from home and being like full time dad and how, how's it going? Oh yeah, it's great. You know, just spending time with the kids and I'm like, okay, how, how really? How, how is everything? It's like you know what? It's really hard. <laughs> and I think sometimes just being persistent and and actually more so than anything, um, learning the skill of listening. I think is really really key. Um, I think. Lots of people hear you, but perhaps don't listen. Um, and having a good ear for your friends, for your ecosystem, family, whoever it is, I think's thinks important because I, I find that where some men in particular don't ever want to fully let you in, but they may just dangle just a couple of things which they're inviting you to, to dig a bit deeper They'd rather be asked it than offer it, and I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've made it a practice to do that for sure. Um, and it's great. There's so many campaigns, and um, there's so many campaigns which just drive awareness. And by trying to make a, um, a taboo topic non-taboo, the only way you can do that is just by creating awareness and having conversations and trying to normalise something which, which everyone goes through. And I think there's a far greater degree of empathy because this year everyone has suffered and struggled to to varying degrees mm, absolutely um you mentioned in there um that you know so like some men would sort of dangle things when when they actually needed help so they wouldn't necessarily ring someone and say I'm, I'm struggling um can you think of any sort of examples that maybe friends could look out for um if they think a friend might be struggling yeah i've <sighs> So, so I, I, I can think of um, a friend that I spoke to and I, I was really keen to meet up with them. Um, I said, when are you free? Free anytime. And I thought, that's unusual because normally you're quite busy. So something's, something's changed. Um, you're normally packed, busy, meetings, out up and down the country. What's changed? Um, 
And I didn't want to ask on the phone. I thought it's something which probably needs addressing when when we're in person. So I said, oh, mate, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm so glad that you wanted to meet up, but you seem to have a fair amount of free, hat, uh, free time on your hands. Like, is everything okay? And they'd lost their job. But no one wants to come out when you say, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah, I've actually lost my job because I feel people feel as if they're burdening you by telling um, telling you their problems. So I, I, I guess in that example, it was just recognising a, a change in their routine. And it, you you might not even hear it about friends or family firsthand. You may just hear something. I had another friend of mine who said, have you heard from um, person X recently? I said, no, he went, I think you should check in on them. And so, and so I just did. Um, there's people who you'd be in constant contact with, dialogue with, whether that's on WhatsApp, social media, whatever. If that's gone down, then maybe just check in. I had another good friend of mine who... Um, he hadn't posted anything on social media for a few weeks. And I didn't think anything of it. Then my missus said, oh, have you heard from such and such? And said, no. And found out that he's got an inoperable brain tumour. And so it's often that some of, the, some of the telltale signs are quite subtle, but I think just perhaps a change in pattern, routine or tone can often just, just warrant just further investigation. I mean, none of us are um, you know, Clouseau, um, but just just asking, just just checking in, uh, I think is just really important. Mm. Um, but it must be hard um, in terms of not just for players, but for fans of rugby, I'd have thought in general. And yeah. well, and also just, I guess, amateur players, because there must be a lot of camaraderie around sort of going to a game. Um, when I'm talking about this, I'm, I don't really know much about sport, I'm afraid, but I feel like um, for lots of people, um, that must have been quite hard for them. I, th- I think sporting teams offer um, a place where you can often just be yourself. Um, I think there's a lot. Of, I think there is a feeling a lot of people feel slightly disenfranchised with. It could be communities, government, all the rest of it. And um, a sporting team or sports in general can often be that equaliser to everything. It's brilliant. You're just accepted because of who you are and your talent, and uh, and that's brilliant. Um, and it really does offer um, a major outlet to a lot of people. And I think you're absolutely spot on. That isn't exclusive just to players. It's to fans as well and supporters. It's part of um, their weekly routine. You know, you work really hard um, to then be able to catch up with your mates, take your family to go and watch football, rugby, whatever it is, grassroots or elite level. That's a fixture in most people's weeks. Um, and when that goes... Um, once again, it's just, yeah, I, th- I think people can struggle and, and I think it can be tough. Um, I chatted to a friend of mine, he's a, he's a single parent. He, he loves uh, taking his little boy um, to the rugby at the weekends. You know, that's what they used to do. And it, and it, they haven't been able to do that um, anymore. And that was a great common ground, which they shared. It was the memories. It was as much watching the players on the pitch as it was being with his son. Um, so it is really tough. And there is a, a great correlation between physical activity um, and sports in general, over spectating or playing, and mental health. It's, it's, it's an outlet. And, you know, it's more than just entertainment in, in whatever form it comes. And that's why I'm, I'm really keen um, to see the community game open up when it's safe and possible to do that because 
they often act as great mini hubs within small communities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's been some great sort of things done in the rugby community. I know I've seen a few sort of groups before the whole pandemic thing around sort of mental health in rugby and also football's done a similar thing around um, um, people coming together and playing. And then um, a lot of the players then end up chatting about mental health stuff just because I guess they're making friends who they know have been dealing with similar struggles. There's, there's that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, once again, part of extended family is um, that it's almost like a, I don't know, rugby's or sports teams can be like a, a distant cousin, <laughs> someone that you're very familiar with. But, you know, but but I guess the point I'm making is it takes you away from the rudimental day-to-day life. And when you're in an environment which is at the core of it, the nucleus of it is having fun and togetherness and camaraderie and teamwork and all these core values which we put so much of an emphasis and value on, when that goes, it feels like that support network goes a little bit. So although, yes, um, we have our restrictions at the moment, it's really important to find ways to get yourself plugged in and connected, whether that's virtually, um, on the phone, FaceTime, and technology plays such a big part in it. Um, I've never been I've never done so many quizzes than I did in the first lockdown. It was it was remarkable. Not because I'm a quiz fanatic, but people just wanted to take their mind off something. Um, sports often that great emotional outlet and and should be treated as such. It's great, you know, for 80 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever it is of a weekend, you get to forget everything, don't you? And just immerse yourself in whatever you're watching or playing at that time. Mm, absolutely. Can we talk a bit now about the campaign you've been involved in uh, with Loose Heads? Um, can you tell us about what that is and basically um, what you were working on with them? Yeah, it was brilliant. I've been, um, I really kind of got heavily involved with Loose Heads during lockdown. Um, we thought it was important to kind of keep the rugby community connected. And I think it was a Thursday night, it might have been a Friday, I've forgotten when, um, but We'd have quizzes online, um, we'd speak to players, and it was great for me. You know, I got to chat to players from up and down the country in and around the world, um, just seeing how they are and sharing those some of their experiences. Because with sports men and women who are often on a pedestal, I think people feel as if they're immune from um, bad emotions, negativity, any of that. And when players that you idolise or look up to are telling you, do you know what? I'm struggling too. I think that's quite powerful. Um, so most recently, we, we, we just had a chat, um, and, th- and that's what it was in its simplest form. Just talking and just reflecting on times in in my life and the importance of mental health. And once again, um, I'm probably not sharing too much, and that's not deliberate. But it was just a conversation. That's how it felt to me, and I think. The conversation of mental health should feel exactly like that. Yes, there was a camera and a few lights around me and people asked me questions, but there's something very therapeutic about just being really honest uh, and open and trying to invite other people to to do the same. Um, Quite simply that really, and of course at the heart of it was 
talking about mental health, how we can support one another, um, challenges that we faced, um, how we've overcome them, um, things that I wish I'd done better in recognising what mental health was. um, Yeah, and just really just being a catalyst for the conversation. What were um, sort of some of your biggest challenges um, in terms of mental health just kind of across your career? I I think because um, when rugby plays such a big importance in your life and almost becomes part of your identity, I was known as Hugo, the rugby player. Um, When you're, and I remember there was games that I played really badly at, um, and it's not, you can't compartmentalise what you did on the pitch, it becomes who you are as a person. And I remember those games, I played a game for England in front of a packed out Twicket and millions of people watching at home and I had a terrible match. And I took that so personal. There'll be people that have bad days in the office, but probably don't think they're a bad person because they didn't quite finish a task or whatever. But for us as sportsmen, because it's so integral to our very being, that it can hit you um, personally. Confidence is a big part, you know, it's those intangibles in, in sport that have such a value. Um, and I think for myself, I, I let it affect me and um, and I let it affect me more because I was A, not quick enough to recognise it and B, probably didn't know how to go about um, recognising it and then fixing it and doing something about it. Um, I won't say that wouldn't say that I fell into depression but it definitely weighed very heavy on me because of um, the person that I was on the pitch and the performances that I put out whether it's positive or negative if we won and I played well I'd feel great if we lost and I played badly I'd feel awful Um, and they're still good emotions to have it's important that you have them and have the capacity to be able to deal with them but it probably shouldn't cut as much as what it did at times in my career. Mm. Um, was there a particular way that you kind of managed to, I don't know, feel sort of more sort of, I guess maybe more self-esteem or more self-worth or kind of get out of the that sort of way of thinking? Were there sort of things that you did or was it more of just a case that, you know, you, you did have this incredible career and then you moved on to a, a kind of a different one and then you could maybe start again. How did it really work? Um, yeah, it's a really good question. I probably didn't like um, um, deliberately look to combat and think about things um, whilst I was still playing. Um, once you're caught up in it, the game's so cyclical, there's almost no room to lament and, um, and feel down on yourself because whether you play well or not on Saturday, you've got Saturday to come. Uh, and, and that's just the stark reality of it. But I think perhaps still working in rugby, but having a different perspective of it, it's given me a greater appreciation for the highs and lows that the game bring and uh, focusing as much on people's physical attributes as their mental ones as well. I think what's really important is as much as it's a passion, it's a job. And whether you're good or not at it, it doesn't mean you're a good or bad person. And actually trying to almost compartmentalise who you are on the pitch versus who you are away from the pitch, I think is really important. So actually having an interest outside of the game um, gives you ability to be able to flick a switch and turn on, to turn off, switch off, sorry, and uh, and focus on other things. Um, that's, what, that's what I'd suggest to to 
boys and girls playing the game now because the, the game's very demanding and it's great. Um, and the mental challenge within elite level sport is, is huge. Um, and I don't mean that in, in a negative way. It's a great challenge and it's a, it's a fantastic battle, but just making sure people have the right coping mechanisms. And I think we're a lot better now and people are far more open and teams are far better educated um, to understand the importance of it, A, in terms of peak performance, but uh, and, and B, most importantly, looking after their players. Um, I think we've, we, we've, we've come a long way. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And uh, very wise words there, I think just in general, you know, not just for sports people, but, um, you know, if you're good or bad at your job, you can still, you know, you're still a good person. And I think that's really important for everyone to sort of think about, you know, people working at home, just doing any sort of job or people in shops. Um, I'm afraid we have to tie up um, there, but is there anything else you'd like to add just finally? Um, Just, I mean, of course, I'm kind of reflecting on teams. And when people think about teams, they often think about sport, but, um, it shouldn't be exclusive to that. Everyone has their own team, whether it be at work, at home, wherever it is. And just having good people around you, being alert. Um, and more so than anything, I feel like we live in quite an unforgiving world at the moment. This cancel culture, people can't make mistakes, is just, you know, I think just showing a degree of empathy because you genuinely do not know what people's battles are behind um, a screen um, at work, at home, or anything else, and so I think I know it sounds really simple and it's almost childlike, but it's something we often need reminding about is just being kind. <laughs> um, I think if we could all just make a point of difference, just to to show kindness, to show love, um, to be empathetic, and to listen, I think that just goes a hell of a long way. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, please contact the Samaritans on 116-123 or go to their website at samaritans.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a rate or review. Five stars would be lovely. Also, if you've enjoyed this, come and have a chat to us on Facebook. We've got a group called Mentally Yours. Also, we have a Twitter, which is Mentally YRS. See you next time. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.